because you just started the show. And we are live here at Parababble Studios, and we have a couple guests tonight. All the way, I could be from California, all the way from California for the comic for the for the Comic Con tomorrow. We're able to get the. He's secure. He's a VIP VIP guest. I feel like we're the Suicide Squad right now. It's gonna go like that. Someday we're gonna be called out. Did you see the movie? No, I didn't. I'm going someday. I want to, but I heard it wasn't really good. Yeah, reviews saying that it was kind of really bad. Don't listen to reviews. Every person who hasn't seen it has had a good time with it. Oh, did you see it yet? Nope. Everybody that has seen it, I've asked, said the movie's great. No, what if you go in and see it and you think that it was the most worst movie you've ever seen? Most worst? Yes. Okay. Um, a little about, a little something about Jeff here at Parababble. I do not get into the whole, like, uh, what do I call that movie? It's got the different characters, you know, like comic kind of characters, superheroes, evil people kind of fighting good and bad. I don't do that. Isn't that the premises of most movies? No. Between good and bad? Did you see The Notebook? You know, I didn't. I'm probably the only person I never saw the notebook. I've never seen any of that. I didn't either, and I just know it wasn't is good it? against bad. I just know if I'm in a relationship. What about on Golden Pond? It kind of was good against If bad. I'm on a date yeah. and I need yeah. to turn that date around, I've never seen the movie. out the notebook. I don't know. I think most stories end up like that. You know what the worst movie I ever saw was? Twilight? No. <laughs> I just stabbed Rob in the eye for that. <laughs> you didn't see that. You um. won. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know, but I can tell you what the worst paranormal show I've ever seen is. Oh, good segue. Oh, look at that. Oh. And finally, we're on topic. For the first time tonight, probably the last. <laughs> I blame our guests for throwing us off topic, you know. Because he had to be from California. <laughs> we haven't even been introduced. You, you know, who are you again? Okay, we want to start this. You know well, we already know who California. Jeff is because he already introduced himself and then neglected to introduce everyone else. Well, because Mike cut me off. Oh, Mike. Our Mike. guest. Our guest. Our expert From guest. California. From California. From, from the University, university of, of, Mike. Um, of... Thanks for things, having me. I know it's short know. notice, but I was able to get here on time. University of Paranormal Entertainment stuff. <laughs> Inc. Inc. LLC. Did you get the degree online? Is that how that works? No, you actually have to go to get this degree. Because really? They don't really mail it because it's just something that you got to be there to get. Wow, that sounds it's an intangible. Pretty, it's a sorcerer thing. Pretty for real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, hi Mike. Welcome to Parabevel. Thanks for having me. We're glad you're in the studios. And uh, who else do we have here tonight? Well, we have you. Who? Oh yeah. Well, I'm usually always here. Yeah. Yeah. Allison, right? Allison. Yeah. There's been a couple times they've disappeared, but mm-hmm. nine times out of ten I'm here. I think our other guest speaker should be announced now. Our, our other expert? <laughs> from, uh... Where are you we from, didn't go guest over expert? Oh, um... Let's see if I could choose any state. No, you don't choose. No, where are you from? Oh, um... <laughs> I'm Come from on the... down, contestant one. <laughs> I'm from the fine state of Texas. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Texas and California. And they Steers both and... made it all the way here to our little quaint Parababel studio in good old western New York. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for traveling. The uh, view is beautiful oh. here, I must say. It is. The weather is very comparable to Texas. <laughs> yeah. This time of year? Absolutely. Yeah. So. So what is your name? Maria. Oh, oh there we go. go. Okay. Now we got a name. Now we yeah, can kind of move on to the next part of this. Our tech guy. Me? Yeah, you. Me. Me. I'm Rob. Rob. I'm always here, too. I'm the one that doesn't speak loud enough. <laughs> this is 
like the longest introduction in the history Ever. of Babel. So we have Jeff, Allie, Rob, Maria, Mike. It's a full Parababel house. And we're going to entertain you with some of our thoughts and wisdom on... Tonight's show is Paranormal TV Show Review. Did you really have to do the whole title? Why don't you say Ghost Shows? Ghost Shows. Well, there you go. You started to be so official. I need something to put in the title. Can we talk about why, how we were originally going to do this show? Because oh. I feel like could you that feel that? Did you so feel that dagger better. hit you? Did you feel that dagger hit you? Yeah. So do you remember when we had this discussion about how we were going to watch a paranormal show yes. and we were going to critique it, but there was going to be alcohol involved? Yes. Yeah. I'm kind of missing that right about now. I have the one. shows? I, I brought a bottle of we wine two myself, of too. Wine. There's okay. two bottles well, of wine. That might not be enough, but I mean, it might be a start. Um, do you think corporate offices gonna want us drinking? That's what's on a non-festive yeah, day. Fine. Okay. Yeah. We drink it almost every episode. They don't know. No, that, you do. <laughs> That's how you get through it. If we do it, can it be with uh, Ghost Brothers? No, that's the one we're not allowed to talk about. Because oh. paranormal lives matter. Yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> And we went no. there already. And Rob was so going to try to be politically correct and avoid He was. He said, paranormal ghost shows on TV. I just, you know, way to lead me down that path, Maria, our expert right now. Yeah, so uh, but let's, let's put this to our experts then. So uh, what, do you, what do you guys know about paranormal shows? Do you have any experience with the paranormal, with the shows? How, how do you well, they started out fit in? Okay, and they just gotten worse after that. Is that a professional opinion? My professional opinion is if you're getting a lot of your information off the TV, you're in trouble. Uh-oh. Get yourself Well, a that's book. the only way that Rob knows how to ghost hunt, so I guess we're all in trouble. <laughs> really? So I think the whole premise of the show, the ghost hunting show, has really kind of piqued a lot of people's interest into ghost hunting. So I think that the start of them was great because then it got people into the whole ghost hunting world, and I think it's great because there should be more ghost hunters, real no. ghost uh, hunters. <laughs> I think there should be less. But, but I think that the whole phenomenon of it just grew way too much to the point where it was not so much the authenticity, but the entertainment value of it is just getting viewers and pretty much doing whatever they can to get viewers. I think that that's really where it's kind of led to thus far. Idea. Why are the ghost shows so shitty now, but they were great when the the whole phenomenon of ghost hunting was taking on? I think on. they were always shitty. We just know. You thought they were always shitty? Now. Well, I think they were always shitty. I think we just didn't know any better then. Right. No, because... So they, they became funding sources for buildings. They, become, they just became all about money. They, there's no real... Uh, premises that these places are haunted, but what they are are places that are in need of money. So the reality is a lot of places that you visit, they depend on you coming through that door to ghost hunt. I disagree. To get their money. They don't get their money from what they're supposed to be doing. I, I think a lot of the places are haunted, and they do have a reputation for being haunted. I do agree with you saying that it is a fundamental thing, like for money, because they need that. But well, I think some place that's been investigated 500 times should have a little more evidence than you know just minor knocks on the door and a couple of whispers here and there. For something that's been investigated for some of the places in this area that have been investigated so many times by so many people, and the evidence that they came up with after all these investigations are considered uh, minor 
or impractical or other people in the room. I mean, nothing's ever, not, let's put it this way. Out of all the ghost hunting shows, all the ghost hunters out there, like Maria said, more ghost hunters now than there's ever been in the human society, race, whatever. And yet, the evidence that's been gathered is just as vague and as little as when there was two people investigating. Okay, so how many episodes have you seen where you've gotten the, uh, the, the holy grail of ghost hunting, the actual ghost on a video or on a film where it's like, there it is. Not a lot, but you take all the common things, the knocks on the doors, the pings, that, and everything else, we all go ghost hunting. We all get that. Yeah, right. but then here's my, my, my gesture on that is who is actually um, analyzing the evidence that they're acquiring? Well, it's the people that acquire the evidence, right? Mm-hmm. So are they going to disprove their own evidence? Unlikely. So I think if you had a ghost hunting group that was um, supervised by somebody who was nonpartisan, then I think you could probably get a more honest reflection. But it's never done that way. It's basically done by a group who's trying to prove to somebody that there is something or is not something. And I think if we were to have a ghost hunting group and someone else from the outside analyze their evidence while watching their video, I think you'd get a more honest reflection. But I think that reflection would show that there's very little out there. I'd like to say that the great Zach Bagans had oh, a show God. called oh, Paranormal Gagney. Challenge where they had a team gonna come at some point. the show they had a team that would sit there and have two teams go at it or three teams or whatever One of the and they would an- oh, and they would analyze what this group was doing so they were like that outside auditor to these shows right and I, I think what you find there is just people who think they're better ghost hunters critiquing how they ghost hunt they didn't really get to critique the evidence or how they acquired the evidence. It was basically saying, well, we're better than them, and this is what they did wrong. And I think you can find that in anything, any any kind of sport or anything, or hobby, sport, any kind of thing that shows that kind of, um, well, that kind of drama, where you, you need to find something, you need to show something, or you need to produce something. I, I just think you always find So you're leaning back towards the, the theory that you, you have to find something in I think it, I think maintain. if you want something to be there... Most times you'll find it. But it's really interesting because, like Maria was just hitting on, so for most people that are in this whole ghost hunting realm, it kind of goes along the lines of that show Ghost Hunters that first came out because that was really like the first major commercial show that was on the air, at least for me. And I know we've talked about this on other shows before too, but that made me think like, yeah, I could go out and do this. These are two plumbers. You know, blue-collar guys from Massachusetts that go out on the weekends and find ghosts. And if they can do it, why can't anybody else do it? So when I first started watching that show, I really liked it because they never found any ghosts. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, so they'd go into people's houses, common. they'd go into locations, and it'd be like, well, we kind of got stuff, but nothing major. We can't say that there's something going on here. And the show's been on now, what, for almost 10 Since years? 2008, yeah. So... Even though it's been been canceled after this year, R.I.P. But when you think about it, every year that went on, they found a little bit more than they did in the previous season, and a little bit more than they did in the previous season. Now, there's two lines of thinking about this. So, are they finding more stuff because they're more popular? They're getting into bigger and better locations. No. Nope. Or are they finding more stuff because of the pressure to continue the series and to continue people, you know, tuning in? I think the ghosts. I think ghosts from the other realm are like they're familiar with them now and they show up. Yeah, because if you even remember 
back in their first season, they were going to pretty big places. I mean, they they had like Eastern well, State. Well, I don't think it was, well, they did have those like once in a while, but they were doing a lot of private residences, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. And now they became uh, everything's commercial. It's a, it's some it's a historic building or it's a municipality or it's something that's going to hold a hold the customer watching that show. Oh, it's a historic site. So you have right. to, I think, I almost think somewhere in there you have to put some type of historical buildings in there because that'll bring in maybe a couple of those oddball, I don't want to say fans, but people that are more about the historic location of what happened in the history. And I think, you know, I've always said with these shows, they I like how they dedicate the time and history in the beginning. I know it's setting up the show, but... Sometimes it would be really cool just to follow the whole timeline through and just not the haunted stuff or the death or this you know, or something. The one thing that we probably do have more access to than most people do is that we do know that they went to Iron Island. And we not what we should know or could know, maybe someone does know, how did they actually come across them? How did they, how did ghost hunters actually find out about that place? The locations right? reach out to the show. So yeah. she called out on them. They have a, whole team. They have a whole team that does research that looks for you know places to go. Well, I don't really know the ins and outs of it. I'm not the expert. But if I have a... If I, oh, have but a, I think it's like very... Well, I think Grant or Jason was from Schenectady, right? So he might have some kind of pull to this area as far as allegiance. Well, not only that, they had a case manager on the team. So I think that it was the case manager who then went out and scouted locations. So I think that that played a lot of uh, role or factored into a lot of where they found places. True. Okay. I mean, I'm just out of curiosity because if I'm I have thinking... a building that's haunted and I think it's haunted and there's this national phenomenon going on where these teams or shows come in to give you some popularity and get you noticed. I'm writing into right. them saying, hey, look, I got this location. It used to be this, this, this. This stuff is happening all the time. I think you need you might, you might want to come out here and say, wow, let's check it out. Well, that's doing two things. A, it's giving them a place to go um, if they're running out of ideas, which they never do. Um, it's helping out that, that building or that person who owns that building that is haunted or not haunted. So, I mean, it's, it's a two-way street. One's helping the other. And you want to support the other. I think that's the key word. They're helping the other. Now, is there disclaimers that are like disclaimers that are filled out here as far as you know, what, like um, what you're allowed to release about that episode? You know what I mean? Is is there like a contract agreement made between the show and the owner? Yes, there is. Yes. Okay. So, is there a is there a confidential agreement? Yeah, you can't say nothing until the show's posted right. online. <clears throat> okay. Or not online, but on, it's going to go up for uh, to be on TV. Okay, I, I, I just figured there would be. But so, um, did anybody watch episodes specifically to review for this show? I haven't watched. It's really was painful. Honestly, like, give me a place, really, and I'll give you an episode. It's really painful for me to watch episodes of it. I, I haven't watched an episode of a show in a really, really long time. I'm still time. in 2008. Neither had I, except I did for this, and I sh- oh, that was torture. You wish you didn't? Yeah. I what? know, it's really bad, isn't it? It's horrible. It's I almost know. like it's pre-planned before you even sit down. Jeff know? is chomping at the bit <laughs> right now because he wants to be like, I love Zach Baggins. <laughs> I love him. That's because he no I love him. bearing on, on the show. He is the best ghost hunter that ever lived. That's because he sees the first Oh, I didn't that see I that. No, 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 no. I, I feel there's a negative vibe about the ghost shows, and I don't think it should totally be that way. 
there has to be some swipe of credit to well, it. Well, you know what? Because I, we're all sitting here. To be fair, I went into this because with an open mind before I watched these. <laughs> no, I did. Wait, I, and I already watched this. And and where did I already I take gave you? the credit. I already gave the credit to 2008 and up. As and the whole reason stopped. why I got into this, yeah, because the show is not the same as it was in. But you also said that they were crap since the beginning. To be, we just didn't realize right, it, right? Because when you know what you're supposed to do and not do during an investigation, and you know how equipment works, and then you watch people do it for TV, it's entirely different. You oh. know, as a ghost hunter, that when you hand over an EVP as evidence, you never tell anybody what it says beforehand. You mean- but why is it that every single time your your hero? Goes on the show. <laughs> the first thing he does is put put the message across the bottom of the screen. So it's embedded in your brain that yes. oh, that is what it said. Also, I keep cutting Rob off, and he doesn't even talk in the show anymore. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. You know, I find it interesting that I I made a little tally every time they caught an EVP in the episode that I watched. Oh, one night of investigations, they went to three places in one night. So you figure maybe three hours in each place. How many EVPs did they catch? That were class A that they played on TV. If they were lucky and that was us doing an investigation, maybe two to three. If you're lucky. But they're there for days. They're there for three to four days type in one episode. You keep defending him. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Any show. Any show rolls in on a Thursday or a Wednesday and they do... They go through the building, they do their ghost hunts, and then they do the taping, and then they put it all together and they edit it down. Everybody knows it. That's the knock about this. You only want the best material. But here's the thing. They caught ten that I caught on the TV. And every time they would play them, like the first couple times that they played them, they, you know, they shot out across the screen what what it said. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, from now on, every time Zach starts saying, it enhanced audio, I immediately looked away from the TV. So you could see if you could hear what he was saying. Not one time did it sound like anything at all. You know, there's one thing I'd add. <laughs> you just watched the wrong episode, man. When I was with a ghost hunting group, I remember when I was we first started the group. Beck and Kelly? Exactly. And when we first started going over our EVPs or over our sessions, we used to find tons of EVPs. Now, as the, decade, or as the years went by... We still go over these tapes, and now we don't find nearly as much. And I think it's why, because now we have the training involved, that we're able to uh, disprove a lot of what we didn't disprove I as see how we this started is out. Work. I see how this is going to work tonight. So right? now when we can listen to uh, uh, I'll carry the tapes, <laughs> the tapes of, a, you know, of the uh, review of the investigation, the amount of feedback or EVPs we get to analyze are almost non-existent. We've, I think we've come full circle that we are, like Ellie was saying, we're much smarter now. We, we don't buy into the things that we bought into when we first started. And the same thing with the ghost hunters. We don't believe everything they say now. And we know not to do things now. You know, don't whisper. And I think it's funny because when you first start out doing this, you know not to whisper, but you're, you intentionally don't realize sometimes that you're doing it because you're not used to being in a dark right. environment. Right, and I think it's, mm-hmm. I think being, it's being in a dark place that makes you whisper. Yeah, of course it does. You know what I mean? Because I you feel the, like you have to be quiet. And I think the reality of that is, is like whoever decided that we have to be in the dark to investigate ghosts. I mean, the group I'm with, we have never <laughs> investigated during the day. Never. Although we talked about it numerous times about bringing that into our avatar, we never did. We still investigate at night, and we still investigate in the dark. Now, 
does that make us better at what we do it? I don't know. But it's because we have day jobs. <laughs> oh, are you in the experts be? group? But I mean, in general. <laughs> <laughs> well, we still have weekends. You know, I mean, we still have days where we could do it. And I'm not going to say we're never going to investigate during the day. But even we don't find that. Um, I don't know how you want to say it. Uh, glamorous. You know, nobody wants to ghost hunt during the day. I mean, that's with the windows open and what have you. It's, so I think ghost hunting, it has its own stagma about it as far as what it should be. It should be in an old building. It should be dark. It should be creepy. And if it ain't any of those three things, then there's not going to be a ghost in there. And reality, we've never been able to prove why a ghost would go there and not into a garden. There's no real rhyme or reason of why we do what we do. And that's the premises of what these ghost shows are doing is, is that they're displaying that can only watch or you can only hunt ghosts when it's in the middle of the night and it's dark and you had a camera and a flashlight. But let's think oh, about not all they have. Well let's think about one of the reasons why you do that though. Typically you investigate at night because buildings are closed. You know, things are quieter. There's less contamination from, you know, people walking around outside and saying things and you know, things like that happening. So Yes, it's it's the allure of yeah. the darkness. And I'll give the veil is thinner. Because if you take away your vision, your other senses become more alive. You know, so I, I think I could be more um, focused when when it's a little dark, Rob, because you just become part of yourself and more of your surroundings. You can't depend yeah. on your eyes. And I'm not saying there's nothing there's something wrong with investigating at night. I'm just saying that most ghost hunting groups, if not all, have taken investigating during the day right off the table. So you got you can't compare. I mean, you, when you do a scientific study, you got to do a controlled group, and then you have to do the other, you know, an actual uh, study. But we don't do that in our in our culture, ghost hunting culture. We only do a one brand, and we expect that brand to produce consistent results. Yet we don't compare it to our to, to other types of investigations. So I'd like to see that. You know if. If one, any one of these gross hunting groups were to do something during the day, I think they could probably, you know, I, what do you want to say? These gross hunting groups jump to shark because obviously they're allowed to be discontinued. But you could probably buy a couple more years or months or whatever if they were to give it a different look instead of doing the same exact thing over and over. I don't think so because the ghost hunting at night, that adds to the whole spooky appeal yeah. to it. Yeah, though. for like if the first you, five years it did. But if well, you hunt during the day, it's not spooky. It's but how many times... Yeah, okay, during the day. But let's take a look at this because like a lot of the times when I was doing my ghost hunting thing, like investigating, like, do I really want to do this? What's out there? So I went online and I started looking up all this stuff. And the most uh, creepiest and most intriguing photos were taken during the day. You know, like you go to the cemetery, someone would show someone standing in front of a grave, and it was like, you know, plain daylight, and you see the silhouette standing in front of the gravestone. Or you can, you know, so like on uh, a deserted road, you know, you see a shadow figure walk across the road in plain daylight. Now, those are the things that really get people's hair standing up on their skin or the back of their neck. What you see at night, I mean, I, I just think there's a whole idea that ghosts only come out at night. Is ridiculous when you would think time would have no no bearing in, in their future. Yeah, I totally agree with you because, I mean, we have, some of us have had things happen during the day at places. Same here. And, yeah, so I think the reason that they do it at night on the shows is because the average person who's never been on a ghost hunt before, they never even thought about it, you know, that the nighttime thing still spooks them out. So yeah, so it's all about being spooky. It's not about learning oh, yeah. anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not about... It's not about investigating what's really out there. It's still about being scary, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, and it's never really evolved away from that. And I'm thinking, 
that if there was to be a group in this Western New York area, I don't know if there is, I just got here. But if there was one and they wanted to be set themselves different and apart from other groups, I would think that they would, you know, include in repertoire a day, a day hunt. And in the end, if they were to actually come up with something during the day, you would just see a whole bunch of uh, things or ghost hunting groups during the day instead of having them at 12 at night. It'd be in the afternoon hunt, an afternoon ghost hunt, just think about it. But those are the things that I think the ghost hunting culture leaves off the table. They only take a small, a very small sample of what's out there, yet they call themselves professionals, they call themselves experts, they call themselves all these things that they could never be ordained through any kind of... You call yourself... Mike, hang on. Um, the East Coast Paranormal Team over here, prone. There are no experts in this field. Right? Isn't that what we say all the time? I don't know if California's on the same page. Well, we have professionals out. What goes we, on in Texas? We did introduce them both as experts at the top of the show. But there are no experts. <laughs> yeah. That's Regardless. true. Yep. Would you consider Zach Baggins an expert? Can I no. talk a little bit about him for a little while? Yes, can you please, yeah. Rob? Yes. Because I have these notes Jeff, here. Jeff, I'm sorry. No, that's you okay. Do you want me to get you something to drink? <laughs> you need Why? to put your... I need a little wipe down. You need to put your man crush aside. I'm just going to put this aside real quick here. I'm going to put it out here. I am going to be carrying the positive flag for ghost shows tonight because I can see how this is working. And I, for every yeah you guys have, I have a yeah. Okay? So when you hear me go yeah, I have a, a flip side of the story. And Rob? Okay, so I had some time a couple weeks ago. And I was like, okay, let's see what kind of ghost shows I could find on Netflix. The only one I could find right away was Ghost Adventures. So I'm like, okay. Open mind. Let's see what we can do here. So I tried to find an episode um, at a place that we've been to. I couldn't find anything because a lot of their stuff is like West Coast or East Coast. The one place I did find that they went to that we have at least been to was Gettysburg. So they did the show in Gettysburg. They went to an orphanage, uh, the Jenny Wade House, which we did visit. Yes, we did. And, During the day. Yep. And the Engine House. So I tried. But at one point, right in the beginning, they did our Civil War re- re- reenactment. I said, my notes here says, why? They did a reenactment. And Zach said, this is what it feels like to be in the Civil War. Now we could do this. And that's when they went to their lockdown. Is that what they call it? <laughs> Jeff so, is hanging his head right now in oh, shame. These notes get worse <laughs> as it goes on. <laughs> It's called the lockdown. Uh, yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Woo! Lockdown. <laughs> Woo! Positive. <laughs> so the first place they did was the orphanage. I'm to help you. And they went into the basement of the orphanage, of course, because that's where apparently the kids were held down there and mistreated or whatever, unconfirmed, because there was no confirmed, like, kids dying at all. They were abused for sure back after the Civil War, but no reports of any deaths. So they go into the basement, and they set up two EM pumps, and this is where they start losing me, and candy is trigger objects. So, and I'm not even going to go into the EM pumps. They started catching all sorts of EVPs. Disgruntled and, and, <laughs> podcast guy. <laughs> and I wrote down, EVPs sound like nothing when I didn't look at the screen to see what I was supposed to hear. And then I wrote down, Zach was deeply disturbed when he was in a pit next to two EM pumps. No shit, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's because he's claustrophobic. What are the if EM pumps going to do? 
Well, the EM pumps pump out massive amounts of electromagnetic energy. Is that healthy for a person? It is not. Because what it what will it do? Paranoia, nausea, feelings of being watched, and you know, it can make you feel like you got a ghost next year or something. So it could physically make you ill? Yep. Hmm. Could okay. he have just been scared because he was in a pit and no. it was dark? No. Next to the TV EM cameras pumps? all around him? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's worse than the, the EM pumps. They're always in the dark. <laughs> so I have visual proof of this because this next thing was a doozy. Uh-oh. They went to the Jenny Wade house. And and I have a serious connection with that house, so if they did something... You might you might want to step out for this oh, one. man. So, my notes say, Zach has effing ghost goggles on now in the Jenny Wade house. <laughs> <laughs> it has a radar gun attached to it with a built-in word database, quotes, his words, not mine, that spirits can, quote, manipulate with energy to choose words. Wow. Yo, bro, the ghost thing, Zach, is a soldier. And at this point, I had to, because Zach was walking around with a Civil War hat on the whole time. Oh, my God. At this point, when he broke out the goggles, I had to pause the Netflix, get up off my couch, and take a picture of this, because... Huh. And I'm showing everyone the screenshot... Oh, my God. ...of the ghost goggles, (laughs) which was basically... From what I could tell. It reminds me of Paranormal State when they used to put the, the, the ball balls on his eyes. For the demons or exorcisms or well, whatever they next. did. That oh, was okay. the next one I watched. Okay. So, but see, now I really do think that the Jenny Wade house is haunted. Yeah. I had one of my first paranormal experiences ever there. I was like nine years old. And, and my parents, like my mother will even tell you, like something physically happened while I was in that house. So there really is something there. To go to the lengths of having to wear ghost goggles... And all the goggles did, from what I could understand, showed him a visual representation of whatever word he pre-programmed his ovulus to say at any given time. Demon. No, actually, it was offering Burning. I wrote down, yo, bro, the ghost thinks Zach is a soldier, and that's why it's offering him water via the ovulus. And then a ghost touched Zach's butt, and that's where my notes ended on that one. That's actually a pretty common phenomenon. People what? getting hit in the butt in Jenny Wade's house. Okay, well, when he filmed at Rolling Hills, when I was doing my little yap with him, um, we were by the infamous Christmas room where the children hung out, and he felt a tug on his jeans from behind. But the problem with this that I have is that if you read anything about hauntings at Jenny Wade's house, it all mentions people being touched in the booty or from behind. Because they brought her body down to the basement. Right. And they laid her out there yep. while the battle was still going on. So a lot of people say that they get touched while they're in the basement. I don't remember <sighs> if that happened at the Jenny Wade house or not, though. It might have happened at the engine house because this was a couple weeks ago that I watched this. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you could do some very basic research and know exactly what to expect. And then mm. you could very easily go there and be like, oh, this happened to me. Like, oh, something just touched me. Well, that matches up with the claims that other people have had. So you're knocking Zach's. How about not just Zach's, anyone's, any ghost hunter show? Well, this oh is, yeah, this is the that's issue. just the first one. I mean, I watched others; none of them really stack up. As much as I believe there's a positive side to all of this, and TV does bring some reality to it because it has to. There has to be something. There has to be a basis of reality to it. You just can't not. Well, you can, but. These guys go in here and they ghost hunt. They have to have things happening. They're there for three or four nights. And we all know ghosts don't show up on commands, right? We all agree on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're there three four nights. They're going to have experiences happen. They capture, say, 
five in the first half an hour. Well, the rest of the time they got nothing. Do they manufacture a couple more things to fill out the 42-minute the show? I mean, there, that's, that's where the problem lies. I've always said there's, they, there is some reality based on all of this. Because you're out there doing it. You're going to get stuff at some point. That's what I think but how about. much are you going to get to fulfill a lot of these shows show? would be better if they were a half hour long. You would probably pack more punch in a half an hour and want more. Hour they have to find ways to stretch that. What's well, not even an hour? It's forty minutes. So I don't know some of the places that they go to. I don't think that they could make a show worth a half hour. Make two parter. True. If yeah. it's really that great. Um, you actually got farther than I did with Ghost Adventures. Because these guys, they went to three places in Gettysburg and they covered an hour and it seemed very long. Yeah. I did watch the Orphanage one, but I actually did watch the very first episode of that one. Or at least, I should say, I tried to. <laughs> Sorry. It's when they got up to the whole reminiscing of Ghostbusters, that's when he lost me. That's when I said, no, this is for entertainment They're value. They're just this reaching out to the fan actual base. <laughs> Finding ghosts. We're, exactly. They had this whole slew of people outside cheering them on, and then boom. Good go, energy. Ghostbusters. I think it depends on like where what they're aiming. Like if they are if their whole thing is that they're just out having fun, doing investigations, and it's funny and cheesy like that, that's fine. But don't claim that you're an expert and you're a professional and you take this so seriously when you're doing crap like that. You're like, you can't have it both ways. Like you're either going to be a professional show that's going to be doing things in a professional manner or you're, you're that entertainment, you know, laid back, easy, laughable kind of thing. Like it's got to be one or the other. So do you think they're professionals? No. Well, I think they claim to be. I think if you're paid, you're an automatic professional. Hold on. So we go on a ghost hunt. Let's say we have an opportunity here over in the East Coast to to say, let's say there's a contest to win uh, a ghost hunt, like an intimate ghost hunt with one person that's a professional. And by professional, I mean they've been doing it 10 years plus. They know what the hell is going on. They're, they're that professional non-expert because they know what to look for in the field. They know how to do it. So, yeah, they have some, they, they have a rep. You know, they've built a surrounding and it's like, look, you want to, you want to talk demons or do you want to talk angels? We can do that because I've been in this field long enough. Now, does the TV come across that way in the show and present that in the sense of, um, a serious professional or are they going to, like you said, have it both ways and make it, okay, it's kind of, do you want it funnier that? I mean, I do think the people on the shows are legit professionals in the field. They've done it long enough. Most of them, most of them, most of them. The ones that have been around, not these flyby shows that last for three, four, or five episodes and they're done. But there's only a couple shows that have been in existence and there's only really a couple people in the field when you say their name. Okay, they, they probably know what they're talking about. Let's go back to your, one of your statements that you made. Choose somebody. Okay, if you had that opportunity to go to any place in that's haunted in the East Coast, and you can bring anyone you want, 
know what he's gonna say. No, one person, one person <laughs> would it be somebody who is a star of a popular ghost hunting show, or would it be somebody else? Well, I'm, I'm obviously looking for someone on a ghost show that I can have a. a but why? Because that's what we do. Okay. So I want if I. Um, to kind of get away from the ghost thing, but not really. You guys like Buckland, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a chance to do a hunt or do something with him because of his status, I mean, that's because you like it. So if I was to pick a ghost person off one of the shows, I'm doing it because I can relate to maybe what his TV personality is or who he is or what he's done. See, I'd want to do it with an expert that I really think is an expert in the field. And that's exactly like, what I'd want I to would go to, like, Penhurst with Lorraine Warren. You know, I'd want to do something like that. Go to, like, the scariest possible place that I could think of to investigate and go with somebody who I really felt had some true backing mm-hmm. to what they were doing. And I can honestly say that I would not choose somebody who is, say, part of Ghost Adventures. I wouldn't choose a Zach Baggins. You don't, okay, you don't, uh, you don't think that those guys are knowledgeable in the field? No, I think that they're knowledgeable in the field. However... You said you would go with Lorraine Warren because she's knowledgeable? What I makes her an expert? She's more credible. Well, I should more, okay, credible. She's she, more credible. She doesn't pose herself as this huge expert. She just she no. knows a lot. What you're she gonna knows do, a lot because she's been around. Exactly. What you're going to do is go with somebody who reflects who you are. But you know you're, I mean? we're in the, we're in the context of the ghost shows and who you would take. So there's you're, you're going to go with somebody who's more like you. Find me someone who's been on TV so for 25 exactly. years. So, you so you're going to go with somebody who quote unquote calls himself the expert. Everybody on TV calls themselves a professional because they've done it for 20 years, unless they're being fed so, their lines. I'd love to go somewhere with Josh Gates. I'd make him... You know, Josh uh, Gates. Yeah. 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 He'd be the guy I'd like. If I wanted to head to go somewhere, I want that guy. You know what? He's been in everything. He'll get me out of like a waterfall. He's just going to call Ryder and get the truck over No matter what we get into, I think that I know for a fact that guy can do that. Yes, he is. I could have a beer with him. We did almost have a beer with him. Think about other people that you've met along your road in the field. Do you think that there's somebody that you've met along the way that you would want to take into a place as opposed to Zach Baggins? Well, I never said I would take Zach Baggins first, so let's yeah, take I one really, Yeah, I, I really want to know. I would take Jeff Belanger. I would take Dave Schrader. What do you think about Chris you know Williams? No. I think she's a hot airbag. Because really? we we have met her, right? Can, I just, can I just I can I just ask the question? Why does every single chick on a go show have to be in tight fitting clothes with their cleavage showing? This is a setup. Now here's the close ups of their asses while they're checking things out. Hey, no, it's okay to wear that t shirt tonight. Okay. But the one thing I noticed about that well, was at the beginning of the episode episode she was very laid back with sweatshirts on and she was you know nothing left was focused on she whatever. She wore body less parts. and less clothes as the season. But as the season went, went on and went on because you know what? I think it just became like she became like this the show couldn't sell what it was trying to and sell. I, and I don't her, I don't want to get I don't want to give the wrong impression. Like I'm not hating on on chicks Chris that are, you know, yeah. attractive. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I think that what bothers me so much about it is that when there are legit women in the field that really are passionate about doing this, that spend the time to educate themselves and to go out and have, you know, the real world experience and really care about it, 
it gives us a bad name when you have girls show up in stilettos to do investigations. Well, but, but she's never done that. But that's, you know, was, no, but we a, have seen a, that. A parapite <laughs> teen drives. I mean, I, we I, have seen that yeah. many times. But this is what the discussion is about. TV is giving the viewers a semi-true view of ghost hunting. Well, you know, that's what I would find really interesting then, is if like you took a Zach Baggins and you went on an investigation with them and there was no cameras there, there was no show filming, there was no event there where he had fans to see like what, how he would really be in like a situation like that. If he would be the same Zach that you see on TV you think or the, if he would be different. You think he would be completely different? I'm wondering if he, he amps it up and puts on the ghost goggles to get ratings on the TV. To, let's you know? let's look at it another way. Oh, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. You have... I think they all do. I mean, like when you, right before they go to a commercial, the, the, the clip they show, if there's nothing, even if they find nothing, they make this big, huge thing about it, and then they come back, oh, it was nothing. But you know what I mean? The whole thing is about dressing up. And just before we get off that subject real quick, I remember Jason and Grant saying, and this was like pretty pivotal, it also threw me off that show... When they said, well, we don't have no control when they start to play the music. We don't want them to play the music when they do, but they have to. You know, because we're not the producers. For yeah. editing so, purposes. Right. So the whole thing is like, well, you're playing the music over the EVP or right, you know, right before or after. You're just storing it. Yet yeah? you have no control over what happens in your show. That's, yeah, I believe that because, you know? I mean, you, that's all producers and TV. So what, at what point are you no longer ghost? Or, so here it is. When do you stop looking for the truth and you start promoting things that don't exist? When the paychecks I mean? start coming and they're exactly. really nice. I think that's mm-hmm. what... I think that's what probably ruins any show. You take any celebrity personality in these ghost shows that have some type of notability or whatever, notoriety, and you get to go ghost hunt with them one-on-one with the equipment that everybody else is using in this field. They're going to be exactly the same as the TV. Why? You're not going to turn around and go in there with any one of these guys and they're going to be a douchebag and be stupid because that word of mouth will travel... And it always does in these little communities. It will travel everywhere. So these people have uh, a built-in personality for TV. They are who they are. We recognize them as fans or people who watch the show, who do what they do. And we just, that's what we're expecting. And you're not going to turn around and get the, you know, you're not going to get the, uh, the um, I don't know, uh, Grant, it, it is mom's house type of personality. You're going to get... Grant the ghost hunter. So I don't think it would matter. I think it would be the same. Well, I didn't mean necessarily, you know, being like an a-hole. I mean, like, would they actually, you know... Just chill and be normal? Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Would they, like, actually do... Why wouldn't they take it seriously? You're you're, you're there with your your person that you you look up to to do this. Because we're trying to figure out... and, And I think, Rob, the point that you're trying to make is... Is he trying? Is he just does it for the camera exactly. because it makes him money, so he can be the Zach Baggins exactly. ghost hunter? Or is that yep. really truly who he is? Like, does he do it because he cares and he's passionate? Yeah. Or does he just do it because he can make money on a TV show doing yes. it? I do remember being at a paranormal convention, and one of the gentlemen I was with happened to go on. They were semi-popular people. I mean, they're probably on maybe maybe two or three TV shows. I think they're about to have something start up, and it didn't happen. But anyway, um, one of the paranormal investigators was asked to go along with them. And he was, you know, all willing to go. He went. He was really excited like this. And right when he was ready to offer his opinion, the guy told him to shut up. (laughs) It was just... And he didn't feel like, you know, he felt like, you know... So the whole idea that you're going to be investigating with the star ghost hunter whatever, it's all great until he puts you in your place like, no, this is me. This is my show. This is, you know, this is my game here. 
and you know you're not allowed to participate. Oh, well, sort of how that's we, were, so. we were table tipping at a, a fort out here in the Buffalo area, and we had two ghost hunters from the TV show tweet about how that was a bunch of crap. Thank you, flashlight trick people. Yeah, our table tipping that is right. a time-honored, serious technique is bullshit. But you get flashlights to turn on on command and use freaking little boxes that have no actual scientific bearing on anything that say things like "burn the priest, burn the priest." But hey, that's legit. But you know, some of those boxes they make like a lot of lights, different <laughs> yeah. colors and stuff. I can't tell you how angry that made me because it was just like really like it's a crap to you, but you're and you're on a TV show, and that's why everyone should believe that that's crap. Again, and you're making a good point because there's assholes everywhere, and you give. A person who needs that attention, needs that ego feed, and now they're on a little bit of a high and people are looking at him. It's like, oh, there's a possibility here that this thing's going to go big and that's like everybody's dream. Let's make some... Hold up. Let me rephrase that. Not everybody's dream to make it big and make money. <laughs> <laughs> I just could hear you chirping in my head, Allison. Um, they, get a, they get a little full of themselves. This is my show. I brought you people here. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for what I can do. Right. So, yeah, I, you get it everywhere. But then, in turn, you can't say that you are the expert of the field and that you know what techniques are uh, legit and what techniques are not. What do you call yourself on a show that you're trying to sell? I mean, if you're trying to sell this ghost show, you're definitely an expert because that's why I'm here. And that's my and that, and that is my bio, quote unquote, but, air quotes. Yeah. Like, look at the infomercial at two in the morning. The guy who's selling it is a, a pro. You know, what I mean, you know, he's worked with that product his whole entire life. He lives by it. He thinks it's everything in the whole entire world, and nobody can live without it. So the whole idea that you know these people aren't uh, uh, gain or gamesmanship or you know right. show people. I mean, you take that away from them, and then I don't think you would even have a go. I think so Rob's going to hit us with something. Here. He is, but Jeff, I'm I'm going to be the I'm going to carry the flag with you for a minute here because out of all the paranormal oh, shows, there's a reason I did ever, that one <laughs> ever, ever, ever that have existed. This is the only show that I can honestly say that I have watched every episode that they ever made. Um, oh. I think I know. <laughs> There's a reason I picked these two shows first to watch. <laughs> so I'm going to feel a little bit of your pain here, buddy, just for a little bit. I know. I'll, I'll pick it up. Thank you for these. coming down to my level. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I watched was Paranormal State. <sighs> yep. Ryan Buell. Ah. Oh, you're <laughs> killing me, Smalls. You guys got some guns, though, right? Killing me. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, that's another show gone. R.I.P. So, the main reason I looked into this one is because, um, I'm going to shout out to Barry from our group. He told me that they did an episode on the Mothman. Stargate 92478. So, I tracked it down (laughs) and I found it. It's so cool. I'm sorry. sorry. We're doing our... (laughs) But that's the part of the show that I like. It's like the cheesy, because you know that that's all crap. Can I figure out where that came from? The case file numbers never make any sense it's like you watch one episode and it's like case file 97284 and then you watch the next one and it's like case file 1752 like they don't they're not even connected sorry i like the whole like how we rob's not gonna get anything done. rob we're just gonna do this all night we're gonna talk about this okay i like his voice throughout all of the all of the episodes it's always just like this flat no emotion just straightforward this is how it is i never watched like a whole lot of those i remember Years and years and years ago, when it was actually on, I saw a few episodes and it being absolutely horrible. And 
the one thing I remembered that kind of set them apart from all the other ones okay. is that they had like an ongoing theme where like yes. a specific demon was yes. following Ryan around yeah. trying to possess him. I don't remember that. That episode of I Am Legion, I Am Many, still scares the crap out of me. It's all fake though. Oh, stop. How do you know it's fake? Yeah, how do you know? Tell us. Where do you get your information from? Well, I watched one episode. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I liked that show specifically because of like the demon, the possession stuff that went on like almost every episode. Uh, <laughs> but that's really so, what it was, you know. Yeah. It was always like some kind of negative entity, like impacting a family. Like they very rarely went and investigated places. It was always like specific people. Yeah. Yeah, and that is one of the reasons why I did I do respect that show to an extent is because they didn't go to the like the places that everybody goes to. It is the family. So did, did they find the Mothman? They didn't. But you know, when the episode started that I watched, I was like, you know, Ryan Buell, almost not such a bad guy because he started off the episode saying that the Mothman was his favorite crypto creature. And according to him, it's the only one that hasn't been debunked. So I'm like, okay, this is off to a decent start. And he wants to harvest my uterus? Yes, that too. <laughs> That's that a whole other episode. Saying. So they went down to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. About 50 years too late, but episode, they went there. What was that, episode 25 and 26 of Mothman of Parababble? Yes. Hey, where can our fans reach us? We're all there yapping over everything. They can reach us at Parababble on Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram. Yep. yep. And they can email us at parabellpodcast at gmail.com. And you can hit us up at Prone. That's our group. Yep. So there's a little... I mean, we got all worked up about these shows. We we're not even promoting what the hell we're supposed to be promoting. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway. We don't care. So yeah, my were... agent warned me about that, that you guys weren't going to promote me very well. <laughs> Look at You could well, be you know taking... I, I said I'm going to do this show anyway because these guys really know what they're doing. Well, they It's not about right? self-promotion. So I said, you know what? I'll just have to get my book sales from somewhere else. Yeah, because we don't care. <laughs> if you don't like the show, we're sorry, but we're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah. Hey, we flew but you out here. We're flying you You can take a bus back. And you know what? Them wildfires are going crazy right <laughs> Wait now. Wait a minute. You paid for fires? his trip out here? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, we only what had money for one. Fires. <laughs> <laughs> we only had, we only had fires? enough parababble funds to, uh, you know, fly one person out. And we had to rescue Mike from the wildfires we are in LLC. California. And yes. with Dolly's wildfires, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, as we were saying, <laughs> Mothman, Mothman. <laughs> so Mothman and Ryan and so, yeah, he's he, he, he eats the children. He eats the children. So, so Point Pleasant. You went to Point Pleasant. Do you remember the Mothman? You you need a refresh? <laughs> no, but I was just trying. Rob our really fans wants know. to give you a refresh. <laughs> He loves the Mothman. episode what, 25 and 26? Yes. 24 or 25, I don't 24, know. 24 or 25, and we never got our cake for our 25th Mothman episode. Mothman part one and two. Yes, check it out. It's up there on our ratings. Part two uh, has the beginning it. of the Mothman song. Self, yes. Self-promotion. Okay, yes. uh, we're sorry, Rod. We're just hacking you up tonight. No, that's okay, because it's longer. I can talk about the Mothman. Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> Mothman. I had Mothman. a lot of coffee before the Mothman. show started. So they went to Point Mothman. Pleasant. Mothman. And he brought Chip Coffee along with him, who is a psychic medium. Um, they brought him to communicate... With the Mothman? Something. Dot, 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 question mark. That's what I wrote. I don't know. He's... They never really said. Yeah, so... We have an expert he, coming in, Chip man, Coffee. Man, he was theatrical, man. So, they went on an investigation. They went into the TNT area. TNT, 
I'll get it later. Yeah, we the got TNT it. The TNT area. Um, did he wear a scarf? Of course he did. The team <laughs> was saw something. Of course it was. The team saw something fly by. In a minute, I'm going to do my chip coffee impression because that's the only way I could like recreate oh my what God, I saw. I'm, I'm living for it. I'm living for it. So they apparently saw something fly by with a red light well by the Silver Bridge site. The Mothman hasn't been seen since 67. I was just going to say, he has not been seen since like So I don't really believe that. He's been seen in other places. Okay, so let me see if this is the part where I have to do my chip impression. Potato, potato. <laughs> chip, we love you and your scarves. Just saying. Okay, so Call this us. was a really bad setup with an interview with Chip Coffee um, where he was getting something about Native American curses. And after his feeling, there was interviews that they yeah, showed quotes. with witnesses uh, showing the same day prior where they were talking about the Native American curse the day before. Okay. Because they were wearing the same clothes during the interview. So it's like, okay. So then, here's where my chip impression is going to have to come in. They were in a TNT area investigating. And Chip started channeling this intelligence. And so at one point then, Ryan asks him, asks Chip, if he could ask whatever this intelligence is, if it was responsible for the bridge collapse. And this is what Chip says and does. He's like, are you asking me? Are you asking me? Are you asking me if they were responsible for it? Are you asking me that? And Ryan's like, yes, I'm asking you that. And Chip's like, because if you're asking me that, I could tell you the answer to that right now. I could tell you the answer. Commercial break. <laughs> Cliffhangers. Comes back. Oh, there's more. Ryan Buell. Can you tell me? If this intelligence was responsible for the Silver Bridge clips. Are you asking me this question? I can tell you this because I'm getting something right now. I'm getting something. I'm getting... It wasn't. <laughs> what a letdown. <laughs> I know. I swear to God, that's how it went. But don't you think Chip is more credible because he said it wasn't? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I right. like, <laughs> There's a ghost hunter. Just sorry. This ghost is hunter what I can say about Chip Coffee. He can fill a room. The man can fill a room. True that. I also enjoy his Facebook posts. Yeah. He's a funny dude. He, yeah. I mean, hey, credit to him for you know not not making it a demon. And but man, Chip, reach out to Pair Battle. We're here. Love to have you call in. And anyway, that episode was a half hour, so that's one thing I did appreciate about it. And my final note said Ryan did not get possessed this episode. <laughs> to so, be continued. All right, Rob. If you had to be locked in a room for two straight days. And you only had two channels, and one played Paranormal State 24 hours a day, all day long, and one played Ghost Adventures all day, 24 hours a day, mm. and you had to watch one of them, which one would it be? And you can't, like, claw your eyeballs out, you can't, like, you have to watch one of them. No. Don't, <laughs> don't poke yourself in the eye. Make the choice. I would honestly probably go with... Paranormal State. Yes! <laughs> That's I my brother. Go, I would go with Paranormal State because... What? Hang on. I'll tell you why. This is going to be the same reasons I'm going to say. This is Earthshine. Oh, you have... Oh, go ahead. I... The thing that pulled me into Paranormal State was the shows were always a dark episode. It went a little deeper than your knocks and your bangs and your fluff. There was more. There was more behind it than a lot of these popular shows, and that was what kind of drew me to it. And it just didn't. And it did produce Katrina, 
who is on one of the best paranormal shows right now. Paranormal Lockdown with Nick Groff. I mean, she came from that. I mean, granted, I think the only thing really standing around now that people are really, unless you're in the in the community of following what's going on with ghost hunting and stuff, you know uh, that Channel Destination America has all these different shows, but you know who some of the bigger players are. And Ghost Adventures, let's face it, it's probably one of the last shows that's still getting the ratings for whatever reason it may be. But so we, I would go with Paranormal Stakes. It's darker. Why would you go with it, Rob? Because it's funny. <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. I'd go on the other side. I would go for Ghost Adventures. See, they... I can't stand Ryan's monotone voice. It's just, it I think that me. also makes the show. I, I think it the show is great. It's so even keeled. You know, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's unsettling sometimes. Believable? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I got bored. I got bored with them. I tried. I, I, I tried. Think, I guess... I guess it's one of those situations for me where it's so bad it's funny. He's like, case file number 1617. I got possessed this week. See, But, but I'm going to listen to that. that Why did you get possessed? To, right, it used to scare me. I used to have to turn the lights on when I was done. Let's think something. about it. You got, you got these guys that are running through these buildings, and all of a sudden they're like, they stop in their tracks, and, like, <laughs> and they're smacking up against the wall and hitting Dude, their run. head. Dude, run! <laughs> like they got possessed on the dime. At least you got this guy going, this week I get possessed and I know it. You know, and he's so... And I think the thing that always got me about those Yeah, he's nonchalant about getting possessed. It's the people. The only conversation I ever had with Brian Hanoi, he was about walking into a house where a woman or male was possessed. And uh, that never was... was Before he was actually part of the ghost... uh, Part of Ghost Hunters, I believe. But, I mean, the way he explained it to me felt so real like I think my god this guy actually saw that and that's a lot of times when you're listening to someone tell you a story you're looking for all the things that say yeah he's lying but you know what I don't want to give that guy too much credit because he's just done so many things there just like oh come on but that was the one time I believed him in the sense like alright he's a ghost hunter because he actually saw something and I think the reason everybody in this room does what they do is because we all saw something and I think that's where the direction of all these TV shows are trying to lead people. It's like, you're, you're watching this show not because you're entirely impressed with what you're seeing on TV, but you saw something and you're thinking that we're going to show you how to find it. And I'm not really sure they're capable of doing that, but I think that's the only reason I became interested in ghost hunting. I always really liked the real people that were on Paranormal State. Because either they were some really good freaking actors... Or there was really some stuff going on with them that caused them to be doing the stuff they were doing. Well, reading his book and reading a couple articles on it, um, he said straight off from the beginning, Ryan said, we didn't have a clue what the hell we were doing. We just threw the shit together and tried to film episodes and tried to fund ourselves, and we were just a group of people who had the same interest. And I know it sounds like that can be written for TV, but that was, you know, that was believable. It's like, and when they got together, you could they, he even said in the episode, you can see where it's so unkeel, unkeel like, they're just not on point with each other because they're like, hey, you got something going here, and they're filming it, and they wanted TV episodes for it, and that's kind of how they grew. So I think the believability is there. And like you said, we all watched these shows or watched these shows because we wanted to learn something or we thought we had something in common because we did see that shadow person shoot across the room and, 
you know, there's going to be a billion people out there that don't believe that we saw that, but we have something in common with these shows. And that's, I, I think that's with life, too. If you find something you have in common with something else, you know, the believability level's there, the camaraderie's there. The people around this table, I mean, how did we all get here? You know I mean? Would we have met under any other circumstances? I paid Allison. Well, <laughs> they flew me in, yeah. but I mean, the, the, re- the reality is, could I have ended up here if we didn't believe in this? I mean... Are there any other interests and lives that bring people together like ghost hunting? I mean, ghost hunting, ghost hunting brings people across, you know, from other states. Well, I mean, sports can do the same thing. But generally but speaking... But under this topic and what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it brings people together from pretty far away. Just, just so people can probably feel more comfortable about what they saw, right? Because if we see other people that experience the same thing, it makes us believe that what we saw, we saw for a reason, possibly. You know, maybe there was some kind of meaning that that these things displayed ourselves to us. You know, why did we see it? Well, what I, th- thinking about this here, what I'm thinking, the whole, the, we bust balls on all these shows. We bust balls on certain characters or personalities on these shows. But somewhere along the line in our histories of how we met, why we're in paranormal groups and what's uh, presented on TV, uh, we would probably wouldn't be doing this or knowing some of the stuff that we know. Because even the people who don't make it to TV, who are credible, that's a whole other realm of things. But for today's episode, with the TV shows, we're here for a reason. And whether we like a show or hate a show, um, I, speaking for myself, there's a believability to what we are trying to do as a paranormal community. You know, that's the thing too. Like, I'm not, I can't knock these people for doing what they're doing. Right, money. exactly. Because I would do the same thing. But what I don't like is when I watch them and they put on a pair of ghost goggles and then everybody sees this on TV and it makes me embarrassed to, to be say doing you do it. what you right. do. But you got to stop. But but if you stop for a second and go, you know what? It's to keep ratings. You know, and I know I know there's personalities out there are going to defend it. There's people out there in this field now. We're not using like you know, construction tools for ghost equipment. There's people out in this field that are developing tools for this trade, for what we want to do. And, yeah, does this sink, like you said, the goggles, is that kind of goofy? goopy? Yes. I think in the, in the end, are we kind of embarrassed in the sense that we don't, you know, for all this, we can land a, you know, a spaceship on the moon, but yet... The, the amount of equipment we have to locate a spirit or a possible ghost or another entity or anything after this life is nothing more than a flashlight, a radio. Something so simple. So, it's so simple that, you know what I mean? It's like, so are we, you know, I mean, you look at this, why is it not serious enough where they're not putting more money into it? Why isn't the, you know, science, you know, top tier science, why aren't they investigating the most important thing that happens to a family, to yourself? You know what I mean? Well, let's After you this. pass, I mean, you would think that'd be like the biggest investment. I mean, they, let's let's face it; they just they do spend a lot of money trying to keep you alive. So, don't, off the table, they do spend a lot of money on research to keep you alive. But this, the, the the minute you pass, they they lose interest in you. They don't care what happens to you. It's just something that uh, it's just something that's. It seems like you know people with the least amount of money, the least amount to gain, are the ones that are truly interested in it. So, I, I did we ever like. I think if we were to do a show again, and you were to do it with a, a scientist with you know a ton of degrees and whatever, what would his opinion be on what we do? Isn't that you? Well, you know what? I'm an expert in this field, 
but I'm not an expert in brain activity, what happens when the brain stops moving. I'm not, uh, you know, I have done some research around bodies that just passed, and it was very light and very personal because they were family members, but my thing was I did set a recorder up, and I did see if I could maybe catch something in passing, and the reality was I didn't, you know what I mean? And I really thought, although I did, there was one or two instances where a few hours after I did get a feeling, but I thought for sure when the next person passed in my life, I'm like, well, they're going to definitely up that. You know, I'm sure they're going to try to make that happen. And then I felt nothing. So I think the thing that bothers me about what, well, it doesn't bother me about what I do. It bothers me what I find is that just the consistency level isn't there. There's no consistency. You know what I mean? What happens once may never happen again, even though millions of people die. Well, it's a, it's a bigger question, though, because not everyone has the same energy, has the same vibe that they do here. Like, you meet people that you forget tomorrow. You meet people that make an impression that will last years and years and years. And it's the same thing. You know, I think we forget about the fact that people don't necessarily really change when they pass. So you might have that person that, you know, you meet them and, yeah, that was nice, and you talk to them for five minutes, and then you see them a year later and you can't remember what their name was. Or you have that person that you meet for the same length of time and you're always going to remember them because what they said to you was prolific or the impression that they made was monumental for whatever reason. So if we just strip away all of the metaphysical and things like that when it comes to this and just look at the science, it's really difficult because you're talking about souls and energy. You're right. We're we're a body that holds electrical energy. If we're dying, the first thing they try to do is give us electricity, right? right. They they try to jump stars with electricity and they put electricity in our body. So when we die, that energy has to go somewhere, right? I mean, it just can't dissipate. It might dissipate and become part of a bigger energy, which which is my feeling on this, is that you become part of a bigger energy. You still might have to grasp onto something, but the reality is... um, I, well, I think the thing that makes it different with some of the ghost hunting is like when they come up with voices. It's like, well, how do you come up with voices if you don't have a voice box? You know what I mean? When you, you pass it, it's, an, it's an, almost an impossible thing to pass on to the other side. Yes, you might be able to move an object by force. You might be able to create a light source, whatever. But the voice thing is the one thing that always puzzles me and how they come up with the EVPs. But the reality is we are um, an energy. Something's got to happen to that energy. Either it bonds onto something, bonds together, or it dissipates. And I don't know which one it is, but so basically, energy, we need a scientific show. We need to. We need a scientific ghost hunting. show. And it might have to even get kind of dark. Like if somebody dies, where's that electrical energy? Can that be measured? You know what I mean? So Can, like you need to find the person that is going to give their body to science, and then you go in and, and you do all of it. this stuff, and then you put that on TV. It's almost like if you can put it, <laughs> if you can put it like in a in a bag that's impenetrable where nothing can get out, and then just measure the energy inside there and just see if it ever dissipates you know what I mean the reality is you know I mean you, you get so many people it's like they have the out-of-body experience well you know reading up on that it means like well they didn't die yet the body slows down to such a low electrical current that is unmeasurable but it takes like so many minutes for your brain to actually dives up with oxygen whatever and they said those out-of-body experiences are basically what happens when your you when your brain suffocates it, it releases an adrenaline rush in your brain that feels like well, your body knows how to die. You know, I think that's what it is. Is your body when it when you're, it's dying, it puts you in a relaxed mode, and it just takes you through the most horrific time of your whole entire life. It's almost like a serotonin. Or I think peaceful. It releases or it. peaceful. Exactly. It brings you down and takes you out quietly. 
And I think that's where you, I think your body, I think after a million years of dying, I think your body, just like it, it evolves in uh, panic situations, uh, fun situations, uh, serious situations. carry on. I, right, I think it's found a way for you to pass where, I think it knows how to die. And I think that's what a lot of people experience when they're dying. And I think your body, I don't know what you want to call it. Mike you're, is schooling our asses right like, now. Like when you think your body's like replaying your, when they say your body's replaying your whole life with, like, you know, your whole life with like six seconds or something like that. I think that's what your brain's doing. It's just unwinding the energy. And I think it's what happens when it dissipates with the energy. And where it goes, I don't know. But reality is I think our bodies know how to die a lot better than we think we do. I don't think it just like that. I think it's, a, I think it's probably a beautiful thing. I think dying probably could be one of the most beautiful things you could ever experience. But you only get to do it once. Yeah, and I don't want to do it anytime soon. Right. Nah, I'm mm-hmm. not on that train. Yeah. we got to get to Parabellum number 50 first. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's going to die for Parabellum 50? Hey, if I'm close off. then, just use me. Prop me up on a table, do what you gotta do. Okay. Bring in a scientific expert. You'll we'll fly Mike back in from California, put you in an imperishable bubble? No, we gotta get to 100 first. Uh, Maybe a Put me in like a we'll giant a saran wrap tied. You're gonna take one for the team? Oh, absolutely. Don't you can use me for experiments. Don't worry about so, it until Parabellum 1000. I think we just have to. Closing remarks. Paranormal shows, good, bad. Rob? Can I can I just finish? Absolutely. I will, I, will, I will answer that question by reading very quickly my notes for the last show that I watched, Ghost Asylum. Oh, okay. Or tried to watch. Okay. Brief and to the point. I don't know. Because it was myself. research for the show. Notes. This is boring. Same old shit. I can't understand what they're saying. Wait, they're trying to catch ghosts in a box and take them home with them. In the box. Wow, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they'd just go out and catch chickens. So I'm going to say that you're going to go with bad. Yep. Maria, paranormal shows, good, bad. I'm in between. Mike? They're the pioneers of medical. Like, I mean, they used to, for medical, they used to like, uh, actually cut arms off because they thought that would save your life. So they used to make you bleed because they thought it would save your life. And right now, this is what we used because this is all we have. I think it's going to get a lot better. They're I like really the, do. They're like the doctors that throw leeches on people. Right. I, I think this is just the beginning stages. I think well, like a left-handed slap that was. A hundred years from now, I think this will be a different... It might even be taught in schools. Just say. Jeff. It, it might be. I absolutely 100% think it is good. And why I think it good is good is because Zach we can Baggins. learn. No, we can learn <laughs> what from what not to do. And if there's something that we can actually improve on, I think it's a, a good contrast to have a, a balance to everything. So yes, I'm going with it's a good it's a good tool, and it's a, not necessarily a perfected tool, but it's something you can work with. It's something you might be able to branch off of. So, yes, it's good. I think it's become way too entertainment, commercial, for it to really be useful. And I'm with Rob. I think that people see it, and then they think that's what we do, and mm-hmm. it's kind of embarrassing and kind of hard to explain the and differences. There are those that see it and think it's like the real thing to do, and that's why you have a bunch of ghost hunters out there running around but it goes trying to, to the, find their but ghost But it goes goggles. to the point of... When you first see these shows and you go running around there which in sandals and your head chopped off and flashlights on your head, you know, or whatever, you if you stay in this field long enough, you, hopefully you will grow and you will learn from all of those mistakes and you will become a better I don't know. paranormal well, researcher. Here's one thing I noticed about it. to see a legitimate paranormal show. For you to be a professional in here, in this business, 
The one thing you you are most afraid to do is to offend somebody who brings you something, and it's it, they, what they're bringing you is nothing. But that's you have to really want to say. Well, that's then how do you teach? You know what I mean? We we don't teach. We appease. You know, we're 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 we're, we're still stuck in the sales zone. Like I'm still trying to sell you something, even though there's nothing to buy. But I, I you know, I, I still find that I still every time I'm around a group of people, I still watch them pull out these things, these trinkets, these pictures, and this and that. And I know they're nothing. But I, I'm in a position like, okay, do I start an argument with this person or I just let them go with a smile? And that's where I've come down to. I just smile and walk away. But here's the thing. It's like if I'm a ghost hunter and if I'm a professor and I'm all these things, but I'm not allowed to take this person and say, you know what? This really isn't anything. This isn't something that you can say is paranormal by any stretch of imagination. This is just dust. I think you just have to know where to pick your battles, though. I mean, if somebody comes to you and thinks that that piece of dust in that picture is their late husband, and they're hanging every bit of hope that 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 is what that is, because that's what's going to comfort them in the time that they're going through the grief that they're in, I am not going to be the person to tell them, yes, that is a piece of dust, because that's not the time to teach. I can understand that, but a lot of the times, that's really... (laughs) A lot of the times, that's not. It's people just just want to feel like... The dead like them, or somebody's trying to speak to them. Because yeah. people want something else to believe Three, in. Yeah, they, exactly. they hold on to hope. Right. And that's, you know what, that's totally fine. And I think our next show, or one of the shows that you guys should do, should be, does religion give you more opportunity to come back in the afterlife? I mean, are we, I would think, are Catholics more likely to be haunting people? I am not going to be a part of that mean? show. Where are we going to do with that? We, we have, have to, to butter her up. This one, this one here is a little tough on The reality her. is there's a lot of religions in this world, and I'm just wondering which one offers the best afterlife solutions. <laughs> do we have to consult Father Pedro again? Oh, gosh. Father Pedro. You know, if, if Whichever you one you pay more money into. Whoever you can fly in, just leave a little bit of money left in that pot to get me here. <laughs> Oh, just, I think just leave enough money in the budget to put me up for one night. <laughs> oh, we have if we bring Maria back, we have to give her the, the trip in, and you have to, you know, backpack. I'll it. settle for IHOPs for dinner. Oh, just, right, okay. just just get there. Yep, we'll put that right on the company credit card. Well, I don't know. I just want to say uh, thanks to our resident experts for the night. Thanks for having Mike, us, Mike Maria. Yes, thank you for having us. You got beautiful you weather have, uh, up in Buffalo. Well, I'm glad you liked it. It's probably better than the wildfires you've been dealing well, it with. Is, uh, you know it's I mean? only probably like 10 degrees California. cooler. I'm not saying I'd ever live here, but you know, but still, thanks for having me. You know, uh, it's always it's always great to have other opinions besides just the three of ours. Absolutely, and we have a mixed bag of opinions tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah, we haven't had this many um, mixes in a while. I think um, we won't, we need more. So I think people need to yeah, uh, contact us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're at Parababble, or send us your hate mail at parababblepodcast at gmail.com. Don't tell them to do that, because then I'm going to have a bunch of it coming to me, and then we have to read it. I'm the one that gets it. I'm going to have to read uh, it. Oh. <laughs> well, I got email, too, addressed to me, but it was... I'll forward it. I hate mail to you. Okay. I'll be more than willing to take on the hate mail. I still okay. love you, Ryan Buell. <laughs> yes. And by, just, just to clarify, I know we bust ass on all of these the guys that do this for professional living, and I say living, and this is their careers. It is what it is. We mean no harm, just respect to it. But uh, If you weren't out there doing it, we wouldn't be able to talk about it. That's exactly. We probably wouldn't be doing it ourselves. And we wouldn't have a way of inter- communicating amongst people worldwide, nationally, who understand what this phenomenon is all about. So with that, I'd like to close the show off. And uh, you know. Good night. Be well. 
Be well. Until the next time. Bye. I love chip coffee.